0: From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. I'm going to encourage you to turn in your Bibles. If you have a Bible, open up the Bible app if you have it on your phone to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you open up our, our hearts and our minds this morning to be receptive to your truth, and I pray that as I share, Lord, that you would speak, and you'd speak to every heart, God, and you'd speak to every mind, and you'd shift us, and you'd change us, and you'd transform us by the truth this morning. God, I pray that we would not disengage, but we'd lean in this morning to what you want to say, so speak to us. And we're thankful, Father God, that we can look at your word. We're thankful, God, that we can hear from you. Thankful that you still speak, and you speak often through your word. So God, just let your word go forth this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, just a moment, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 12 for you. But it's Christmas, and we are looking at letting go of the things that, that weigh us down or hold us back from moving forward in our faith journey. Right? As we go through life, we accumulate things, and not just stuff. We do accumulate physical stuff, but we accumulate baggage and hurts and pains and offenses and all sorts of things that can, that can weigh us down and can hold us back from just moving forward, even in life. And so this, this last couple of weeks, we've been looking at letting go of the things that hold us back. Last week, we looked at letting go of distractions, and today is letting go of bitterness. Now, don't turn off today. Some of you are like, I do not want to hear this today. Well, maybe, maybe today is for you, okay? Don't turn off, lean in. And listen, even if you don't find yourself in a bitter place, an offended place, can you lean in? Because as humans, we get offended and we can get bitter. And so I believe that this message could be very practical, but could be life-changing for some of us. So Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 14, I think it'll be on the screens as well. There we go. Make every effort... To live in peace with everyone. Let me just repeat that. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. How many know that some people take a little extra effort? <sighs> right? You're like, oh man, this Christmas I'm going to be gathering with some people and it's, it's not peaceful and it's going to be an effort. They're, they're what I like to call an EGR. They're an extra grace required, right? You need to dose yourself with a little extra grace this Christmas season because you know that there's some people... But the author says this. He says, make every effort, every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I'll repeat that. He says, see to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We just... uh, we just planted a couple trees in our backyard because we have no trees and we like trees and we have neighbors and we don't want to see the neighbors, right? We're, we don't want to be neighborly. We're like, let's get some tre-. No, that's not true. But we like trees and so we planted a couple trees and these were, these were what are called bare root trees. And I don't know if you've heard of bare root trees before, but I never had until one of you actually introduced us to this idea that basically they dig a tree out of the ground, instead of making a nice little root ball that's nice and heavy and you can just dig a clean hole and pop it in, they, they dig out the tree and they shake off all the dirt and all the roots are completely intact, right? And have you heard of this? Who's heard of this? Anybody? Nobody's heard of it? Some of you are like, what is going on? But, but apparently you, you get these trees, these bare root trees, and when you plant them in the ground, if it's planted correctly, they'll actually establish easier And so we thought, hey, we'll give it a try. And so we got a couple of these bare root trees, and they're really light compared to a a root ball tree, and we started to dig. But you can't dig a nice little hole, depending on the tree. I have this this one, I think it's about 10 foot tall, and the roots are not nice, you know, perfect circle. They're like all over the place, right? And so you're digging a hole that is relative to the shape of of the roots. And so we're digging this hole, and it's not just the main roots either. It's it's like the offshoot ones and then there's all these like furry roots as well which apparently are the really good stuff you want that stuff on your roots and so we're digging this hole, and we plant, we're we planting this, this this root. I don't want to call it root ball, but this root system, I guess you could. We're packing in the dirt, and we're watering a little bit because you got to get the dirt in between all the, the spots now. And then we stake it, you've got to make sure you stake a tree so that the roots have time to establish. Because when the roots are established, we know this, when the roots are established, it causes the tree to grow. Well, I think it was a couple days later, we had this tree nicely propped up. It was in a beautiful spot. We loved it. We're like, this is the perfect spot. Even my neighbor was like, that's the perfect spot because he knew that he's not going to see us anymore. So he was thankful. <laughs> (laughs) so we had this tree planted I don't know what I was doing I was outside with Josh and I was looking the one way and Joshua our youngest son he's four he says daddy the tree and I look over and the tree's toppled completely over I'm like no the tie had had snapped off that was attaching it to the stake and so we rushed over and we tried to replant this tree and I'm, I'm praying that hopefully this root system establishes But the funny thing is, is is roots, when they're they're established, they help things grow. And here's what I believe. I believe that our, our spiritual enemy, the devil, our spiritual enemy's tools to destroy your relationship with God and poison your heart is to allow roots of bitterness to grow in your soul. He wants to establish roots of bitterness in you in order to destroy your relationship with God, to destroy your relationship with others, and poison your soul. God wants us to, to grow in love, but the devil wants to, to destroy intimacy and love. God wants us to grow in trust, but the enemy of our soul wants to steal trust and leave us bitter. And he will do everything to plant little seeds, tiny little seeds of offense that will hopefully take some root, establish bitterness in us, and hold us back from living in the joy and the freedom that Jesus. Offers. He wants to plant these little seeds that will hopefully establish themselves, grow underneath the surface, becoming something large, ultimately wrecking your heart. It could be something uh, relatively small and meaningless, like following someone on Facebook or social media, and you like all their stuff, and you comment on their stuff, and you're very kind because they're your friend, only to realize that they've never commented on your stuff, and they've never liked your stuff. And then eventually you realize that they've unfollowed you, and you just take a little fence to that. It's just something small, not a big deal, but you just take a little fence, but that fence can establish roots and grow into bitterness. Could be that you text someone, and you're just wondering if they're going to text you back. And you know that they saw it, because there's that little thing that tells you that they saw it, and you're like, I've seen that they saw this text. And you even see those little, you know that little, some of you have the phones or... Pops up and the little bubbles are showing that they're writing something. You're like, oh, they're going to respond. But then they, then they don't respond. And you're just like, what? 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 And you, you take a little offense. It's just a little one, it's just a little tiny seed. You don't even notice it. But that, that seed of offense can establish itself, it can grow into something larger, roots of bitterness. It could be that you're always helping a friend move. But when you need help moving, they're just unavailable all of a sudden. I have one friend that has, I think he's helped me move almost every single time. He actually drove a few hours, I think it was two and a half hours, to help us move here. I'm like, man, I owe you, right? But it would be really hard for me to move to drive two and a half hours to go help this friend. But something small like that, you take a little, little fence, right? It's just a little seed, just a tiny little seed that's planted in the right spot in your heart can grow into roots of bitterness. Maybe it's something a little bit more serious. Someone lies to you, deceives you, Talks bad about you behind your back. Can I just ask, does anybody like that? Does anybody like, man, I love it when people talk bad about me behind my back? You know? This Christmas, just talk bad about me behind my back. Right? Nobody likes that. Why do we do that? Nobody enjoys that. Why do we do that? Maybe, maybe they're talking bad about us behind our back. Maybe it's a family member who's always or a friend that's always critical, maybe of the way you parent, maybe of the church you go to can't believe you go to that church. Maybe it's uh, the way you spend your money. Maybe it's someone who always takes advantage of you, misleads you, or even betrays you. But seeds of offense are sown into you, into your heart, into your soul that can grow into roots of bitterness. The devil scatters these seeds. He scatters these seeds hoping that they will take root, hoping that they will germinate. He's in the long game. I don't know if you figured this out. The enemy's not in the instant. He's in the long game. If I can plant something now that can hurt you years from now, I'm in it. He's in the long game. He wants to plant little seeds that can establish a system beneath the surface that can ultimately lead you into a bitter place and wreck your soul. But hear this. There's a point for today. If you, catch, if you don't catch anything, catch this. It says this. You can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. You can't control what people do but you can control how you respond. You can't control what people think about you. What they say about you, what they do to you, but you can control how you respond to what they think, say and do. Right? You can control what they th- uh, how you respond to what they think, say and do. I can't be the puppet master. I wish I could. I wish I could change what people say and I wish I could change what people think and I wish I could change what people do, but I can't. But I can change me. I can control me. I can control how I respond. I can control... I, the seed may be thrown. The seed may even be planted. But I can choose to allow that to germinate or not. I can choose to allow that to establish beneath the surface or not. Over the next few weeks, this Christmas, many of us will have um, God-given opportunity to share His love with most of the most, most important people in our lives. Right? Most of the time around Christmas, people are gathering with family of some sort or friends. But you can be sure that the enemy is going to try to work this Christmas. You can be sure that the, the devil is going to use tools necessary to mess you. And can I just say that the enemy's cunning? Like, he's been around for a while. He's smart, he's not foolish. And so, if he can do something as small as get you annoyed by what someone said to you, or someone did to you, and allow that to fester, and sometimes it's as simple as this little kind of deceptive lie or voice that you hear or thought that comes across your mind is like, I can't believe they said that to you. Did they really say that? You know, and time may go on, they'll be like, oh, just remember when he said that? Oh, that was so offensive. You're so offended right now. And you're like, I am offended. Little things. But this Christmas, you can't control them, but you can control you. So there's two problems of bitterness First problem is this, bitterness has a dangerous root. Hebrews chapter 12 says, see to it that no bitter root grows up. I don't know if you know this, but roots grow underground. You can't see them growing, but they grow underground. You plant a tree up, I, I planted that tree, I can see the roots when they go in, but once they're underground, it looks nice. It's like I, We had a neighbor that planted a couple trees, and man, it's like he's the tree master planter. Just the way he planted, it looks like the, the tree's nice, perfect, and it's just ground. You can't see the root system, because roots grow underneath the surface, right? When you plant a little seed, for those of you who are gardeners, you plant these little seeds, maybe you start them in your house, you, you put it in there, it's a tiny little thing, and then and you water it a little bit, and you just hope that it establishes, and all of a sudden something pops through, but you don't realize the root system that's developed underground, right? Same thing with bitterness. Bitterness is an underground job. Like roots, you can't see it growing, But it can be growing in your heart and in your soul, beneath the surface, taking root in your heart. You may have experienced hurt or disappointment, an offense, and you may not even recognize that the offense is actually establishing itself beneath your heart. You think everything's hunky-dory. You think everything's fine. Did I just say hunky-dory? I did. And I meant to say it. It was planned. But an offense has taken root. It's growing, it's spreading beneath the surface. And you don't even know until it's established itself. The offense grows into the bitterness. I'm a skinny guy. It's obvious, but don't be fooled. There's adamantium underneath the surface, a man of steel here. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I was actually picked on for how skinny I was. was. There was bullies in my school that would bully me based on how skinny I was. And I remember that hurt me so much that I took a fe- offense, and allowed that to sit and simmer inside of me. Well, it was, the good news about that is it actually pushed me into some weightlifting, and I put on some good size. I know I lost it all now. Don't worry about it. I don't care anymore. It's gone. <laughs> but I put on some size, and I remember being at the gym one day, and these same guys that used to make fun of me came up to me. This was like a year later. I said, how do you do it? Help us out. They wanted help. I thought, oh, Now, if I was not someone who was bitter, not someone who allowed the fence to settle, maybe I would have helped them out, but I was bitter. I said, you figure it out yourself. And then in turn, I started to judge them for their lack of strength. I had become like them. The people that had picked on me for the one thing, now I'm picking on them for the exact same thing. See, that's the thing with offense: is if it grows beneath the surface and if it can take root, it will establish roots of bitterness. But we can't control what people do. We can only control how we respond. See to it that no bitter root grows up. See to it that no bitter root grows up, he says, but it's hard to see to it when you can't see it, right? It's hard to see to it when you can't see it. So what do you do? How do you know? How do you realize? How do you, how do you see if offense is taking root? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we all know it to be very well, famous kind of chapter, the love chapter of the Bible. It says that love keeps no record of wrongs, right? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't keep a tally of offenses. Love doesn't keep a list of hurts. Love doesn't say, but you always do this. Love doesn't say, you did this last time. Now, how hard is that sometimes, Right? Because you just want to remember. You're hurt. You're offended. You want to remember. Well, I'll remember that next time, but love keeps no records. Do you know when you say things like that? You're not acting in love. That is not love in that moment. Now, offense keeps records, bitterness keeps detailed records. Bitterness is like, I'm going to remember this. I'm gonna write this down so I don't forget this. I'm so hurt that I'm gonna make sure I keep something in my phone that's gonna remind me of this hurt. Bitterness keeps detailed records. He hurt me, she misled me, he let me down, she lied to me, he's always speaking bad about me. She did this, he did that, and I will remember. But the Bible says to see to it that the roots of bitterness are not growing inside of you. You can, you can see if the roots of bitterness are growing if you've taken offense If you're keeping a record of the offenses, how do I know that that root that root system is growing beneath the surface? Are you keeping a record of wrongs? Are you keeping a list, a tally? Maybe it's not a physical list, it might just be in your a mental list. But are you recalling? Listen, I know it's easy to remember when you've been hurt, but if you let those things go and if you forgive and you show compassion, kind of stuff, like eventually the memories fade. And the love and the compassion overtakes it. But if you're keeping a list, you can rest assured there's a root system growing underneath the surface. There's something growing in the depths of your heart that you need to rid yourself of. Because if you don't, it will destroy your soul. It will wreck your relationships. It will wreck your relationship with God. And it will stop you from moving forward in your faith. It will stop you from taking that next step. You're wondering, why can't I get to the next level? Why, why can't I get, why, what is it that's got me in this funk? Could it be that there is bitterness beneath the surface? Could it be that there is an offense that you're holding on to, that you're nursing? And the problem is, the longer you allow the root to live, the more it spreads. The longer you allow the root to live, the more it establishes itself. The deeper it grows and the harder it is to kill. You ever try to pull weeds out of the ground and miss the roots? Like, I hate owning a lawn for weeds. I honestly, like, I, we just got some sod put in in the spring or summer, I guess, and I get panic in, in my body when I see a, a weed pop up. I'm like, this cannot be. In our old house, we didn't really have grass, we had like green weeds and then dandelions. Right. The green the green weeds I could bear because at least from a distance the lawn still looked green, you know, you're like, ah it's still green. But the but the yellow ones, it like pierced my soul when I drive around the corner, I'd see it, I'd be like, Oh, there's another one. And so I'd I'd be pulling out these these weeds, but if I didn't get the root, and often with dandelions, if it's a big dandelion, you know the root's going down deep. Like you think that you got it, but you didn't really get it. But if I don't get it, then it comes back stronger and harder. I was I was sharing this with one person about pulling the dandelions out of our our lawn. Maybe you're one of these people. And they're like, don't do that. Don't pull out the dandelions. The bees. I said, the bees, the bees. (laughs) This is around the time when there's like a lot of media attention around the bee population. I'm not against bees. I love bees. I love honey. I recognize that that they they do a lot for, you should look it up. They do a lot. But this person didn't realize that about six houses down, this person just had dandelions on their lawn. It's like they planted a lawn full of dandelions. And the college around the corner was just dandelions. It was fields of dandelions. The bees had enough to pollinate. They didn't need to be on my lawn. I love bees. Bitterness has a dangerous root that if you allow it to live, it spreads and it grows and it leads to this second problem. Bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Hebrews chapter 12 says, see to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble, to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness is not just a root that grows beneath the surface, but it can produce a killer fruit. And notice that the author says this. He says defile many he doesn't say defile you this is not a you problem this is a everyone that interacts with you problem this is a everyone who's a part of your life problem because when you allow the bitterness the offense to take root to grow into bitterness to produce a fruit it defiles the whole and we've all been a part of this right it can poison a church it can divide a church it can disrupt the unity within a church. It can kill the mission of a church because bitterness has sown and grown into a killer fruit. It can wreck relationships. You know, you go to work and someone's just bitter and it just kills the environment. You love your job, but you don't even want to go to work anymore because so and so is so bitter that the whole atmosphere and culture of the work environment stinks. Like, I don't want to go to work. It can wreck relationships in such a way that Christmas, gathering with family, is no longer a joyous occasion. It actually makes the drive, like, not good. You're like, anxiety's building up because you know that this this poisonous fruit has been developed in your family because it doesn't just defile you. Can we, like, we live in a very individual society that's all about you and you and you alone. Everything's just about you. But did you know that we're not designed that way? We're designed in community. And whether you become an individual or not, like, everything impacts those around us. And so the offense that you take and the bitterness that grows, that produces that killer fruit doesn't just impact you. But we all suffer. We, to, right? we all suffer. And You know the funny thing is, is? You don't even realize you're suffering half the time. I read this week. I read this week that bitterness is one of the most difficult sins to see in the mirror. Bitterness is one of the most difficult sins to see in the mirror because you feel justified. You feel justified when you're hurt. Right? You, feel, you feel justified when, 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 you're, when you're angry. I'm only angry because of what they did. If you knew what they did, you'd understand. You'd get it. You'd get it. You'd know why I felt like this way. And maybe they did something serious. But you can't control what people do. You can control how you respond. I know someone's like, man, I hope so-and-so is listening to this right now. Don't nudge your spouse. Don't do that. Listen, you're so bitter. Maybe we're just pointing the finger in bitterness. Maybe we need to stop and just take a look in the mirror. Maybe we need to ask ourselves fairly honestly. It's difficult to see bitterness in us because when the roots have grown, we get accustomed to them being there. We get used to being bitter, and we don't even realize that we're bitter. And you know, some of us, we will celebrate the love of Jesus this Christmas, hating someone in our heart. We will celebrate the birth of Jesus and the love of Jesus, and we'll come and we'll worship with resentment for someone else. Do you know the Bible says that's impossible? That you cannot have the love of God in you and hatred for a brother at the same time? Like you're actually substituting one for the other. Hey, listen, I'm there, I get there. But we're substituting one for the other. But we think it's possible and we feel like it's possible, but is it possible that what we're feeling in that moment is not love? Like we could come and we can worship, and what we are expressing to God is not actual, genuine love, it's just emotion. If there's hatred existing in our heart, that's just a Bible. The two cannot exist: love for God and hate for brother. So let's just pause for a moment. Let's ask ourselves pretty honestly. No one else is listening. It's just you. It's just you and God, right? It's just you and you. Just you and you. Do you have bitterness inside you? Do you have offense? Are you carrying a hurt? Are you nursing a grudge? Maybe you're sick and tired of being criticized. Maybe your friend's taking advantage of you. I get it. Real pains. Maybe your boss doesn't appreciate you. Maybe you're disappointed or angry with God. Maybe you feel neglected, left out, and forgotten. Maybe you have a problem with you. Maybe you're bitter against yourself. Maybe you don't like the paint job in the church. And you're just like, what's up with this? You're allowing that to simmer and you're putting it on low to roast slowly and you won't let it go. We cannot heal from what we don't first acknowledge. We cannot heal from what we first don't acknowledge. Are you bitter? And sometimes we just need to ask God, God, you need to reveal this to me. Cuz it's hard to see it in ourselves. It's easy to see it in others, but it's harder to see in ourselves. Bitterness is a poison that destroys our soul, and it defiles the whole. It's a poisonous fruit. kills relationships, divides the church, and it steals your joy. It sucks your passion, and it holds you back from living your best life in Jesus. Like, we get one shot at this life. I know we hear that rhetoric a lot, right? We get one shot. Do we want to live it living bitter, or do we want passion and joy? And peace and serenity, even in the midst of difficulty and hardship, even in the midst of pain, you can have that. You can have, the Bible doesn't say that pain and love and passion can't coexist. So, how do we kill the root of bitterness? How do we kill the root of bitterness? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. So how do we kill bitterness? Number one is we kill it. This is very practical. We kill it with compassion. Kill it with compassion. Now, do you sense the tension, right? Because the tension is we feel justified in our hurt and in our pain and in the offense to be angry towards someone. Right, to to fight against someone, to argue against someone, to to slander someone, we feel justified to talk poorly about them behind their back. But I, I'm not I'm not gossiping, Pastor. I'm just I'm just talking with a safe friends. Would you be okay if that person was there then? But we feel justified. But the tension is the laws of heaven say that you don't give the cold shoulder; you kill it with compassion. You ever notice that in the New Testament? Everything's just like, this is how you feel and what you think you should do, but you got to do the complete opposite of what you feel. You do the opposite of what you feel justified to do. Be kind and compassionate. Romans chapter 12, verse 21, Paul the apostle said, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not let bitterness rule you, but rule over bitterness with compassion. You can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter six. He said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. When was the last time you did that? Right? I know this is such a hard truth. I get it, right? When was the last time you prayed for someone who hurt you, who wronged you? Like you just paused and genuinely prayed for them. When was the last time you blessed someone who wronged you or sinned against you or or showed compassion? I heard a pastor say once, and it's stuck, you've probably heard it before, that prayer may or may not change them, but prayer will always change you and your heart towards them. So sometimes it's not so much about praying for them as it is just allowing yourself to heal and find peace. Kill bitterness with compassion. Number two is kill bitterness with forgiveness. Forgive. But you have no idea what they did. You know how they hurt me. You know how they misled me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they stole. They abused me. You have no idea the hurt I feel. I can't forgive them. You know what, I don't know, but you know what, I know hurt that hurts so bad that angry feels right and forgiveness feels wrong. I've, I've felt that kind of hurt where I feel so right in the hurt that it it feels right to be angry towards them and to act in anger towards them, and it feels wrong to forgive. That this idea of killing bitterness with with forgiveness just doesn't add up. But do you know what does add up? What this says about what Paul says in Ephesians here. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Just as Christ God forgave you. See, God forgave me, and he forgives me for all I did and all I do and all that I will do, he forgave me for all of it. He understands the hurt, he understands the wrong, he understands the pain, he understands the theft, he understands the abuse because he knows in many ways because we've done that towards him. We've hurt him, we've wronged him, we've stolen from him, we've abused him, we've sinned against him, and yet he forgives time and time again. So how do you forgive someone when it doesn't feel right to forgive them? You forgive like God forgave you. And that was generously, and that was freely, and that was entirely, and that was unconditionally. You mean I can't just attach something to it and say, well, if they first do this, then I'll forgive? Well, if you want to forgive like Christ forgave you, no, you can't. And here's the thing. You're not generating something you don't feel. right? You're not generating forgiveness you're not trying to muster up forgiveness inside of you to pass it along you're passing and extending what you've already received i've received forgiveness and so i'm extending forgiveness i've received it and so i'm passing along the forgiveness i've received i'm not trying to muster it up and figure out because i'm so angry and so hurt i'm just i know i have to forgive because that's what the bible says so i'm trying to figure out how i can forgive them and muster up the courage no you, you that won't work that won't even be real forgiveness is you extend the forgiveness that you've received. But listen, how can, I, how, can I, how can I really extend forgiveness unless I've really received forgiveness? I wonder, I wonder, have we fully received it if we don't extend? Do we truly know what we've been forgiven of if we don't extend forgiveness? Because far be it from me to receive forgiveness for all that I've done, and I know all I've done, and not extend it to someone else. But in doing so, I kill the roots of bitterness in me that are growing beneath the surface. In Jesus, we are all free from sin. And many of you today believe in Jesus and you're growing in Jesus, but you're a prisoner to the offense in your life. It's stopping you from moving forward not only in your faith, not in your relationship with God, but just in life in general. Again, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the word, and you may even be growing it, but there's a, there's a, there's a prison that's, cap- that's got you captive. And you can relive and, and you can rehearse the moment, you can nurse the offense and, and let it grow, or you can release it. Someone once said, is, is forgiveness is like setting a captive free, setting a prisoner free and not realizing that the prisoner was you. Isn't that true? Come on. Isn't that true? Don't let the roots of bitterness grow and hurt you today, and I pray that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can set somebody free today. Did you know that? That you can walk out of here free from that offense? Like this isn't just like a nice little message for you to feel like, you know, convicted or shamed or whatever. Oh, man, this is hard. And then you can go and you can eat like your nice little roast dinner that you got in the oven when you get home and carry on your life. Like You can actually walk out of here free from that offense. So I want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray because we believe in a God that is active and real. We believe in a Holy Spirit that works amongst us. Holy Spirit, would you just open our hearts in this moment? Would you open our hearts Reveal to us, God, maybe offense, God, or hurt that we're holding on to, things that are holding us captive. Lord, I believe that there's people here that are holding on to an offense, and right now they even know what it is. So Holy Spirit, would you begin that healing process? Dislodging that offense uprooting God, the bitterness. I'm just going to ask if you guys here today, if, if you could be bold and courageous. Some of you know that you're at a brick wall in your faith and it's because of the offense that you're holding on to. But if you're here today and you're like, listen, I need to let go of this. I got something. I need to let go of this. It's time I let go of that. Be bold and courageous. Could you just raise your hand? We want to pray for you. You're like, I got something I need, I'm holding on to. I got a grudge. I'm nursing it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, God, you see these hands. You see, God, you know the offense. God, you know the hurt in the heart. Lord, you know it better than they do, better than we do. So in the name of Jesus, is by your power, would you just begin to heal them in Jesus' name, giving them the ability to show compassion, giving them the ability to forgive in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, right now, touch every life. God, every person that's raised their hand, God, saying, I got something I need to let go of in order to move forward. And I believe God, not not because there's fancy music in the back room or not, but I believe in the name of Jesus, God. You can do that right now. You can start them on a path to healing and to moving forward from the bitterness in Jesus' name. I also want to pray for somebody. Listen, sin's real. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is falling short of of God's standard, and the Bible says that we all fall short of God's standard, and the. Bible also reveals that the penalty of sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. But the good news is the gift of Jesus is life. It's eternal life. It's salvation. It's freedom from sin. And so I believe that there's, there's people here today, there's somebody here today that, that this is your moment. You're here for this moment to give your life to Jesus, to surrender to him and saying, do you know what? I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm no longer going to live in my sin, but I'm going to choose today to begin a journey with Christ, a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today with nobody looking around, would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking around every eye is closed. I just want to give you that opportunity. We just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need you. Would you save me from my sin? Forgive me and change my life. Help me to live from you from this day on, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we were talking at the rally this morning. We were talking about how, what if everything we did this morning, how we serve and how we invest, meant someone could meet Jesus? Right? What if, what if you know, me holding a water bottle like this meant somebody that could meet Jesus? I would do it every time. Because the Bible says that there's more celebration in heaven over one sinner who repents and comes back to Jesus than, than hundreds and hundreds of believers. Isn't that awesome? So listen, if, you, if that was you today, and you believed in your heart, and you truly meant that in your heart, listen, I want, I want, what I want you to do is I want you to grab that welcome card in the, in the chair in front of you or the basket in front of you, and there's a little, there's a little box that's, that, that you can check off. We just want to know and help you with your decision that you made today. Next steps for you. I always, I always think it's important. Let's talk about these next steps. Get in the Bible. And if you're on your journey with a relationship with God, if you've ner- you got a fence, you need to get in the Word. You need to get in the Word because you spend time with the Holy God and you'll find yourself pointing less at the finger at somebody else because he'll start looking at you and you'll start looking at you and all of a sudden you start examining yourself and changing yourself. So get in the word. So if the next step for you, if, you, if that was your day, you made a decision for Christ, just get in the Bible, read the book of John, would be a good place to start. If you don't have a Bible, let us know, we'd love to help you. For many of you, here's the a, here's a next step. Be baptized. You, you, make, you make it public. Again, we're not individuals. We make it public. We say, you know what, I'm gonna let everybody know, even as shy as I may be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get baptized in a tank full of water and let people know about my decision. Be baptized. Let us know. Make that decision. If you've, do you know If it's been a decade you've been walking with Jesus and you haven't made that decision, you can make that decision. You can be baptized. You can say, hey, listen, 20, 2019's over, 2020, the new decade's beginning and I'm gonna change the course of this new decade for me. So do that. Can you do that? Yeah? Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This Christmas, make every effort and see to it because you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. So Father God, we thank you for this time that we have together. God, we pray above all else that you're glorified, that you're honored. Lord, and that this Christmas, God, something would shift in our own lives as we dislodge and, and, and we make every effort, Father God, to, to live at peace with those, God, and to, to, to dislodge the offense and the hurt that's within us and heal from that. I pray that we've noticed a difference, Father God, this Christmas. So work in our lives, God, as we see to it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Listen, thank you for coming today. Bless you. Thank you so much for listening.